You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. You can find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks with an S, at Cheesehead Talks with an S at the end. That's my Twitter handle. The podcast handle at Lockdown Brewers. Come give us a follow and enjoy the content we put up every day with both Lockdown Brewers and Cheesehead Talks. Also, Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. You can find us there as well. And come interact and enjoy the podcast and the Brewers, who uh, are back in action tonight after another off day in the month of June. Their last one in the month of June, the last one before the All-Star break as we hit the stretch drive to the unofficial end of the first half. All-Star break a little bit earlier this year than it was last year as it relates to games played in the season. Uh, so that's I, I kind of like that, but we'll have it coming up. Uh, of course, the vote coming up here very shortly. We'll get into that as well here on the show today. And we'll preview the Mariners and the Brewers in that series. Hey, Milwaukee's playing a last-place team, right? Man, it looks good when they play a last-place team. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, last two times they've done it. Hasn't fared too well for the Brewers, so let's hope that uh, times change here starting tonight against Seattle. Uh, so also we'll talk with Dr. Scott today. It is Tuesday. Really interesting conversation about the lineup and the Brewers and how it all comes together and what are the analytics, what are the sabermetrics behind the lineup. Grandal batting first with a nine-hole, having a hitter instead of a pitcher, the positioning of Christian Yelich, Ryan Braun, Moustakis, even Eric Thames. We'll have a conversation all about that. Where does Lorenzo Cain fit in uh, when he comes back? I'll be very interested to see what's going on with that tonight in the ballgame at Miller Park. So we'll talk all about that with Dr. Scott. Tomorrow on the show, Robert Murray, the Brewers beat writer from The Athletic, will join us. Great feature stories that he writes, and uh, we'll talk about some of the, the the stories that he has on the website right now, The Athletic. You can always subscribe there and go look if you haven't. It's, it's worth it. I do subscribe to The Athletic, so we'll talk with Robert Murray tomorrow. And then Thursday, Matt Pauley, the Brewers pre- and post-game host for WTMJ Radio, uh, will join us on the show. So looking forward to that. And, of course, Friday, the fan mailbag. So if you want to have questions even throughout the week, get them into our Twitter feed, my uh, Twitter handle or the, the show Twitter handle, and uh, – Throw me a question. If I don't use it during the week, I'll certainly come back to it on Friday, and we will discuss it in the fan mailbag. Say, for the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Lockdown Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed, at LockdownNBANet. An awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency, which starts soon, very soon. Going to be kind of a hot rumor mill here. Starts in five days. At NBA. Locked on, excuse me, at Locked on NBA Net, at Locked on NBA Net. You can follow that on Twitter. 
So that should be a lot of fun coming up. I wanted to take a few minutes before we get into the actual baseball talk, lineup talk, and and, uh, Mariners preview and all that stuff coming up here. I just, look, I don't know if you were around last night watching or have seen highlights or clips of the MVP award being given out to Giannis Atenacumpo for the Bucks, uh, who, of course, had a fantastic season. It's official. He is the league MVP. It's official. The Bucks have an MVP. The Brewers have an MVP. The Packers have an MVP. The Brewers have two MVPs, <laughs> you know, if you go back a little bit further. And and just to, to see that and to see the speech uh, that Giannis gave, if you haven't, Oh, go check it out. It is, uh, if you want to drop a little tear, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I I did last night, because it's just so, it's just so wonderful to watch somebody who you feel like is probably the real deal. You know, I know, I, I hesitate to say that with any athlete, because you don't know these guys, uh, but Giannis seems like the genuine article, and to watch that speech, I got to thinking about it, even during and after the speech last night about how incredibly lucky we are. And I don't know, you know, it, it, it's I, I, I'm sure everybody's had this conversation because we kind of had it, you know, during the, the stretch drive with the Bucks. Obviously, the Brewer run last year to the NLCS and within a game of the World Series and the season that Christian Yelich has had, the season that he's had so far this year, the last 162 games where Yelich is, is over 55 home runs and the on-base percentage and the batting average and the RBI total – and hopefully the lineup change will boost that a little bit for the Brewers. But just, again, to step back a little bit and really genuinely appreciate. You know, we get caught up so much, and and I do 100%, uh, get caught up in wins and losses and how far you get and how close you come. And every time a, a Wisconsin team, and it's happened quite a bit here in the last several years with the Packers and the Bucks last year and the Brewers in 2011 and now last year, they get so close. They get so close to getting to where you want them to get. And there's heartbreak there. And it's understandable. You know, even the Badgers, right? The, the national basketball, uh, the national championship game in basketball, the, the Big Ten championship game coming so close to the playoffs a couple of years ago in football. So close. And it is a little bit heartbreaking. And now it's been, I think, the better part of, what, 10 years? Close to 10 years uh, since they've they've had a championship of any kind. And we've all been so close. It's not like it was 10 years uh, in, the, in the 80s, right, or late 80s or, or 90s uh, before the Packers made their run where they all the teams were bad <laughs> or really, you know, or mediocre to bad or sometimes they'd be a good team. But, you know, nothing close to this. But now, you know, I get all that, and it's tough to to handle sometimes because I'm I'm a big Wisconsin sports fan, certainly outside the Brewers as well. Uh, but being able to take a step back, I think, and appreciate one the fact that everybody's in it, that all the teams, including the Brewers, are right there. They're super competitive. They're really well run organizations. And then taking a step back and, and saying, "Oh my goodness, they've got." great players they've got hall of fame level players aaron Rodgers is a hall of famer obviously for the packers Giannis, hall of famer for the nba although <laughs> that's not saying much because the nba in, in basketball it's pretty easy <laughs> relatively speaking to get into the hall of fame but Giannis could definitely be a top 10 top five player of all time there's that potential there and christian yelich has to continue what he's doing, or maybe not at this clip, but but certainly at a really good clip for, you know, I don't know, several more years, at least five more. That's that baseball Hall of Fame is a tough, 
tough one to get into. And and that's what makes it all the more great. But you're watching a Hall of Fame performance on the on the you know baseball diamond at Miller Park night in and night out with Christian Yelich. And we get to watch all this stuff. And then you you also have MVPs if you're, you know, my age, 40 or even a little bit younger, you get to remember Brett Favre, you get to remember Ryan Braun in his prime as an MVP. And th- how cool is what we're looking at? I mean, I, will it ever happen again in Wisconsin? Does it really happen anywhere? I mean, I, I haven't I didn't sit there and try to comb through and find a, a city that or a state, a region that's been so lucky as to have essentially five active and not five, four, I'm sorry. I forgot that Favre's not active. I can't, I never know if he's retired or not. <laughs> but no, four active MVPs. And of course, uh, uh, Favre, which is a legend Hall of Famer that was just recently, you know, <laughs> around so that we could watch him play. And all in all this time, that's what you've had in this state, you know, and now you have it right now actively. And Milwaukee, I mean, how lucky, how lucky. I sent that tweet out last night. How lucky. Two active MVPs, an MVP sweep in Milwaukee. How cool is this? I mean, it's just, I know they haven't won championships yet. I know they've broken our hearts a little bit by getting so close. And I know that's ultimately what the next step is. You know, the Brewers finding a way to win a championship this year, next year, while Yelich is here. (laughs) At some point, to to do it in Milwaukee, I can't even, I, I almost don't even allow myself to imagine how awesome it would be. To experience a World Series championship for the Brewers, right? It, it'd just be, it'd just be incredible, and to do it with a superstar, you know, and a, and a solid team around him. Obviously, that's what you'd need to win a championship. And the same thing for the Bucks, and and a, the chance that these guys, who are the current reigning MVPs in their respective sports, play in the same city, the small market Milwaukee, and a real shot, a contending team, a real chance. Man, I just, uh, you know, I know it's easy to, to get caught up in the day-to-day and and you still want that championship ultimately, but you do have to, I think, if it's going to be worth it to, to spend all your time being a fan and all the money, or all the, well, maybe money, but all the heart and emotion you put into it, today's a day where you can appreciate it, right? It's pretty cool. So anyway, I just wanted to riff on that a little bit on the off day, kind of timing lined up perfectly with the uh, the MVP award being announced for Giannis last night. So we will talk about Dr. Scott, or talk to Dr. Scott about Brewer lineup changes that happened over the weekend, and now Lorenzo Cain. He he hit fourth in that lineup on Saturday when Craig Council first made the change. Is he going to be there, or is he maybe going to be in the nine hole? And does he fit best in the nine hole? I'll be very interested to see this lineup come out tonight, or this afternoon, for tonight's game. Uh, and we'll talk to Dr. Scott about what makes sense with the Brewers, the lineup, the sabermetrics behind it, and also preview, I should say, the Brewers and the Mariners and that series. Last place team coming to Miller Park. Easy pickings, right? (laughs) Hasn't been the case, so we'll talk about that uh, coming up. You're listening to Lockdown Brewers. When you're driving to work or from work or around town, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Brewers, and we'll be right there with you for the drive and we appreciate everybody tuning in so far in the podcast just about a month old at this point and have really enjoyed loved talking about the brewers every day with you here you can go rate and review the podcast please do so we've gotten some excellent reviews five stars on the uh, apple play list and you can leave comments 
I'll read some of those comments I've gotten on uh, the Apple site a little bit later in the week because uh, they're much appreciated. And on any podcast platform, uh, the chance to leave comments, to rate, review, it really helps grow the podcast. And that's what's happening. It is growing. Tell a friend, uh, maybe you know, uh, that's a Brewer fan that might not know about it. Just have to be aware of it, that they have the opportunity to subscribe and, and talk about the Brewers every day. Of course, you realize it is Tuesday here on Lockdown Brewers, and what Tuesday means is Tuesdays with Dr. Scott, Dr. Scott Borkenhagen. He's actually a real doctor, folks, so <laughs> you've got to pay attention here. He joins us here on Lockdown Brewers. You can catch him on Twitter, at Brew underscore Maths, and, of course, uh, his website, brewmaths.com, Brewer Sabermetrics Genius, and he's with us now. And, Dr. Scott, we're going to focus on the lineup today because it's it's such a, uh, you know, a big thing over the weekend the brewers changed their lineup on saturday they started scoring a bunch of runs there's an extra spark they snapped the losing streak and yasmani grandal is a leadoff hitter and they move the pitcher to the eighth spot so let me ask you what you think about it we might get to grandal in a minute here but i thought that the pitcher to the eighth spot allowing the brewers to set the table for their two hitter a little better throughout the game christian yelich was and can be a huge key. I know there's times when it'll backfire, but all in all, I think over the course of the remaining part of the schedule, we'll see what they do if they, if they stick to it. But I think it could really be an interesting move for this club. Your thoughts? Uh, it's pretty simple, I think. It's it's about maximizing production. And when you have a guy playing like Christian Yelich is completely out of his mind, um, you want to put him typically in the two or three spot. Uh Kane has complicated things this year. He typically has an on-base percentage of 400 um, or somewhere in that range. And this year he's fallen way off. Uh, And so what do you do about that? You look for other guys on the roster who have a high on-base percentage. And right now, if you look at, uh, if you take Yelich out of the equation, Grandall is the one who rises to the surface. He's second on the team in on-base percentage. So it makes a lot of sense, not only kind of uh, anecdotally, but from a statistical standpoint, to put Grandall one. Now, we also see the pitcher get moved up into the eighth spot, and then Gamma was hitting nine. That wouldn't be a bad spot for Kane either. Um, Since the nine hitter is a connection to the top of the lineup and can kind of augment the run production that comes from the top of the lineup, uh, that's a good uh, place to put a guy who's trying to find his feet especially if he has the skill set of a leadoff hitter. Well, and what is interesting about that is I think on the broadcast, too, the television broadcast, uh, some guys, the guys were talking about that a little bit, that that uh, I think, you know, maybe you know this, but uh, doesn't Joe Madden of the Cubs, he's put some guys who've been slumping into that nine spot before. It can be a slap to the ego, you know, on a human side of things, uh, but maybe you can get down there and take a little pressure off and get swinging the bat the way Lorenzo Cain can and get on base the way he can and be a huge table setter for the top of the order if he will accept that role. I think that'll be fascinating to see what happens here tonight as the Brewers start the series against the Mariners and Kane will be in the lineup. So, you know, do you think that, do you think they're going to do that? I, I know you don't know, but I mean, I, I'm fascinated to see what happens here. Well, you, you bring up an interesting angle, the the mental aspect of the game. Yogi Berra said that, you know, the game is 90% mental. The, the rest, the other 50% is physical. <laughs> yeah. um, he, he is a guy who got the, uh, huge importance of confidence and um, the psychology of the game. Now, if you take that a step further, if we build a lineup over a whole season, 162 games, 650 plate appearances, and the mindset is these guys are getting worse as they go, 
<laughs> you know, the the nine hitter is going to always be the worst hitter. Uh, that starts to kind of wire itself into these guys' mindsets. And if you can shake that up a little bit and put a guy who, um, you know, like Woodruff um, in the eighth spot and somebody like Gamble or Kane in the ninth spot, it challenges that whole notion. And it shakes up kind of the asleep at the wheel mentality that you can get if you just keep going best to worst. So what's interesting about that is is there you know if you can shake the mindset that's one thing but the actual fact is that over the course of a season uh, I don't I guess maybe is it a result in a hundred or so less plate appearances uh, as a nine hitter than maybe the one or two hitter and and of course that is you know that's real and it's just statistics right that the top of the order are going to see more at bats than the bottom of the order yeah there's that's undeniable and that's what a lot of the lineup Saber metrics and a lot of the lineup, modern day lineup adjustments have been based on the numbers you're talking about. It really boils down to two things, um, and they're both uh, revolving around opportunity. The first thing is the plate appearances, like you suggest. If you look at baseball reference, um, the number one hitter gets about 4.62 plate appearances per game. The number nine hitter gets 3.74 plate appearances mm-hmm. per game. The difference in a season over the course of a season is about 142 at bats. Um, so it's significant. The other part of that though, is how many bases uh, or how many guys are going to be on base when the guy comes up and uh, how, what kind of opportunity will they have for RBIs? And that's kind of the uh, reason that you see the number two and three hitter in the modern game being the best player because it potentiates not only their at bats, but their uh, ability to produce runs. So the old school way of thinking, we're talking with Dr. Scott Borkenhagen. He's, like I said, a real doctor, and he does Brewer Hello, Saber Metrics. Yeah, right? He's he's real. He's he's a doctor, um, and he does Brewer Saber Metrics. So what I'm saying is he's smart, right? And so he knows what he's talking about. So this is great. Uh, you can find him at Brew underscore Maths on Twitter. And uh, no, take it's good. It's good. I, I, you're smart. Uh, and you can okay. also find him uh, at uh, BrewMaths.com. Uh, so let's talk about the old school lineup was speed. And on base percentage, your leadoff hitter, uh, good contact, and the second place hitter was still a good amount of speed. Your best hitter with combining everything, including power in the third uh, spot, and your slugger in the fourth spot, and then uh, so on and so forth down the lineup. How's that changed? Uh, not that's still kind of how it goes, largely the way you just described it. But there's some caveats to that. The number one hitter in the modern game is uh, more. Uh, focused upon they they want a guy who can get on base um, even more than a guy who's stealing bases. Now, if you have someone like Ricky Henderson who's going to steal you a hundred bases in a season, that that kind of uh, pushes the 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 fulcrum or pushes the um, you know you, you pushes the manager's hand would be a way to say that. Yeah, you got to almost have that guy in the one spot. But as in the modern game, on base percentage is king. Um, and then one, then we see in the two and three spots, uh, that's almost always your best hitter. It used to be that your third hitter was always your best, like in the eighties and nineties. Um, and now you see the best hitters typically in the two spot, not always. Um, but that is pretty common. Now, as you go down, um, the, the third hitter, or or I'm sorry, the fourth hitter is the guy who's going to have the highest slugging percentage. And right now on the Brewers, if you look at the top three in slugging percentage, it's Yelly, Moose, Grandall, and then a big drop off in Thames. So that's, uh, you know, who you want to see hitting. And Moose is the guy who has hit cleanup probably more than anyone this year. 
the five hitter is kind of the wannabe cleanup hitter. Um, gets about the same opportunity as the four hitter. Um, and as you go down, um, you kind of look at six and nine as being leadoff one, one B and one C. Uh, you want a guy with high on base percentage in those spots too. So seven and eight end up being guys that you kind of hide. <laughs> yeah. So Travis Sean, Brandon Woodruff on on uh, on Sunday. Now Woodruff handles the bat well for a pitcher, but typically the pitcher is going to be there. So it'll be really interesting to watch this unfold uh, in the next few weeks before the All Star game. Does this lineup stick with what Craig Council's doing? You know, one thing is interesting is. The top three hitters on Sunday, and I was very excited to see this: Grandal, Yelich, and Mustakis. Those guys could all be starting. Stars. Yeah, they could be starting the All Star game <laughs> if they get enough votes, right? Uh, uh-huh. Definitely a solid shot there. We're not we're not pipe dreaming here that we're going to have the vote off, and and they could definitely be starters. And then you mentioned Thames as you know a drop off from those guys, but then the slugging percentage is Eric Thames. He's in the five hole. Uh, so one, what do you think of that lineup? Will do you think we'll see it again? And then I have a second part to that question, and that's Ryan Braun, who is, you know, not what he once was, and yet he's still always either three, most of the time three, or sometimes four, and there's Eric Thames. Do you think Ryan Braun's in the right spot? Do you think Eric Thames should be maybe the cleanup hitter with his slugging percentage? The answer to that, it's kind of a muddled answer, I suppose, but let me get into it. The three-hitter is the guy who is kind of at the tipping point. If you're looking at it uh, as a balance between how many at-bats a guy gets in his his position versus how many um, opportunities he'll have for RBIs or how many guys will be on when he gets up, the three-hitter is kind of the, the tipping point in the lineup because you're, <clears throat> you're kind of looking at a guy who gets a lot of at-bats and he's going to have a lot of guys on base, but not as many as the four-hitter. And he's not going to have as much of an opportunity for the – uh, grand slam that we see uh, more often than not with the number six hitter. And so Braun is a guy who is a pure hitter. He can still swing the bat really well, but you know, he's a guy that isn't going to play a whole season either. And so I think ideally with him, he's a guy you sprinkle in into high leverage situations and into meaningful uh, plate appearances. And you want him to be able to kind of do that in a way that is sustainable. You want him to be there for the team at the end of the season. And I think that's what they're trying to do. And so Braun's kind of the wild card. He's a guy that fits into the lineup, um, you know, in a lot of different ways uh, based on how the other guys are playing. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to to watch that unfold. And, uh, you know, you agree with Braun, the, the veteran who did play well down the stretch last year and is is hitting for more power this year, even if the average isn't what, what it once was and, and kind of goes through some ups and downs too. He's been a bit of a streaky hitter for the Brewers, but he's really good with guys on base. So, uh, you know, that remains a constant for Ryan Braun. Man, I'm mm-hmm. excited to see this lineup tonight, Dr. Scott. I, I'm really – I'm anticipating <laughs> what's going to happen. Are we going to see – low cane in the nine hole and that's not a bad thing you know it really is not a bad thing i don't think so no especially as he tries to find his feet you know yeah yeah exactly numbers Mm -hmm. are down a little bit and we'll watch how this unfolds but you can't now uh, kevin costner said in the movie bull durham don't uh you know what with a winning streak and even though the winning streak's (laughs) only two don't mess with it (laughs) so we'll see what happens it'll be interesting all right dr scott appreciate it we'll talk to you next tuesday thanks ben all right, so the Brewers are 42-36. and 36. Cubs won last night, so they're now a full game behind the 43-35 and 35 Chicago Cubs. Uh, so 
there's that. Uh, they've played the same amount of games. Cubs have one more win, of course, and one less loss. So it's official. One true game behind the Cubs in the standings. Uh, so we'll see uh, how that shakes out here the rest of the way before the All-Star break. Such a long way to go. It's really incredible how long <laughs> the baseball season is. I say it all the time. 13 games before the All-Star break for the Brewers here. And so we'll see. Uh, now it's just a 13-game run. No off days. Mariners tonight at Miller Park. Another last-place team. We know what happened when the Marlins came in. It was 24-3 to before the Brewers got off the mat and won game three. We know what happened when they went out and played the Giants. They lost the first two. Salvage game three. Let's see if they can break that trend a little bit here tonight. The Mariners in town. The Brewers feeling good and better, much better than they were last week when they had the bad week. They got two straight wins to finish off the Red Series. Chance to rest yesterday. Zach Davies hits the mound tonight. Needs a bounce back. Uh, he had a really rough outing his last time out. Got blown up in San Diego and a uh, tough loss. And only went, what, two and a third, was it? Two and two thirds, something like that. Uh, gave up nine hits, bunch of runs. So he needs a bounce back. His start previous to that in San Francisco wasn't great. Five innings, three runs. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if Davies can find it again, find the corners, find the changeup, and hopefully baffle Mariner hitters tonight. Marco Gonzalez uh, is on the other end for Seattle, a left-hander. So the Brewers are facing a lefty. We'll see what their right-handed lineup looks like. But the stats are a little deceiving with Gonzalez. He's 8-6, and six, his ERA 4.48. Uh, so you'd think, well, he's got a ERA over 4. You know, the Brewers should be able to get to this guy. Well, if you look deeper with Marco Gonzalez, his that 4.48 ERA is the result of some blow-up starts that he had. His last three starts, look at his earned runs. Uh, Kansas City on June 19th, two earned runs in six and two-thirds innings. An excellent start. At Oakland on the 14th, one earned run in seven innings pitched. So he's really been pitching well his last two starts. Even on June 7th at the Angels, he only allowed two earned runs in five and two-thirds innings. And then there was the blow-up start. There's been a few of them, so maybe the Brewers catch him on a blow-up night. Hopefully that's the case. But on June 2nd against the Angels, he gave up 10 earned runs in four and two-thirds innings. That'll affect your ERA. <laughs> 10 earned runs. Uh, in just four and two-thirds. And then the previous start to that, six earned runs in four innings against Texas. But other than that, he's been pretty good. Only one other blow-up start back on May 17th against Minnesota when he allowed five earned in five innings work. But a lot of two earned runs, six inning stints, a couple of threes in there. So he's been pretty reliable. He's made every start. He is eight and six. And again, the ERA is a little deceiving. So Brewers will have their hands full, I think, with Marco Gonzalez if they get good Marco tonight. Good Marco, I say. I don't even know who the guy is, really, because he pitches over in the American League. Never seen him pitch. But you can see from his his uh, record this year and how things have panned out that he can be very good. And in his last three starts, he has been. So don't be fooled by the 4.48 ERA. This guy can can probably deal if he's on tonight, and the Brewers are going to have their hands full. And Zach Davies is going to have to counter that you know, with a with a good effort. Brewers have two lefties to start the series they're facing, and then they will uh, face a righty in game three of the series on Thursday afternoon against the Mariners here. So, you know, that's the way the series shapes up, and, and can the Brewers keep the momentum going? You'd, you'd really love to see them do it. I, I said before that the 17-game stretch starting with Cincinnati uh, last week on Thursday was crucial for the Brewers heading to the All-Star break and overcoming the bad week overcoming a little bit of a losing streak. Can they get on a nice little run 
and and win, you know, a few more games, eight, nine, maybe even ten more games. That ten would be a great run to go ten and three. Uh, but can they do something like that against competition that maybe they can handle? Pittsburgh coming in over the weekend, then you're at Cincinnati for four, then you're at Pittsburgh for three, headed to the All-Star break. So we'll see. Adrian Hauser tomorrow for the Brewers. We'll talk about that and preview that game tomorrow, of course. And then uh, Chase Anderson, he needs a good start too. That's in the series finale. So that's what's ahead for the Brewers here. And again, challenging tonight, so we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I look forward to doing that. As we uh, recap game one of the series, and like I said, Robert Murray will join us from The Athletic. We'll talk with him about some of his feature stories and some of his thoughts on what the Brewers are going to do toward the trade deadline here. So we'll talk with him tomorrow. And then Thursday, Matt Pauley from WTMJ Radio, Brewers pre- and post-game show host. So he'll have some good perspective for us. You can always find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks with an S at Cheesehead Talks or the pod handle at Locked On Brewers, so go check us out there. Tweet questions if you have them, comments, and I'll try to keep the uh, feed active and fun as well as I do every day. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brewers. Like I said, you can rate and review the podcast and uh, and give us a good rating. Help us out. That'll help spread the word, make the podcast a little more popular, and Brewer fans can have a place to go every day to talk brewers and get their brewers fixed. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Lockdown Brewers. I'm Ben Larson. I'll talk to you tomorrow when we deliver your daily brewers fix right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah.